good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 194. This is what I have to say. I'm your host Alex, and today we have the honor to have Jason as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. How are you? I am doing splendid. I like using that word. It's one of my keywords in my vocabulary that makes me feel a little bit smarter, but not really. That's but. <laughs> good. My, my keywords always come in in the editing process. Yeah, you just add them in and propose for your recording. You're like, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yes, that's an, a keyword I'll throw in there. <laughs> but today is not all about our developed vocabulary, but actually it might be for Jason, but not so much for me because Jason's hobby is blogging. So yeah, before we jump into the topic of blogging itself, I'm sure that people would love to know the cliche question of who is Jason? Uh, well, on the internet, on the interwebs, the internet highway, if, if you will, I, I am known as Agent Palmer. And, um, you know, I was a blogger long before I was a podcaster. So last year, the blog turned 10. So agentpalmer.com is um, going into its 11th year, which is shocking. And I'm sure we'll get to that. And that that spawned other things. So, you know, agentpalmer.com and now thepalmerfiles.com as I, you know, last year my podcast turned two. As you can see, I'm I'm getting there up up of an age with things. But um no, this is all about the blog. And it was really just about I hadn't written for a very long time and I needed a place to do that. And I was like, well, I'll start a blog. And now here <laughs> 10 plus years later, it's like, <laughs> well, I still have this little hobby and it's fantastic and I love it and I wouldn't give it up for the world. I feel like you're really connected to this hobby and I love that. And I have questions about the connection. I know we say we're not going to talk about podcasting, but I feel like there's a connection between your blogging and podcasting. We might ask a little question about that, but before we jump in too deep, I have to do this because you came on my show. I have to show some love. So do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, so first off, you can tweet me at Agent Palmer. Uh, the, the, the podcast is The Palmer Files, but most of the time people just tweet me directly at Agent Palmer. And um, that's the social media I'm on. You can find me on others. Twitter's the one I live on. So you'll actually get a response, you know, relatively quickly. Uh, the, the podcast can be found on probably wherever you're listening to this. Just look up the Palmer files, uh, or go to the Palmer And the blog is agentpalmer.com because let's make it as simple as possible. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out. And of course, show you some love. And now we're going to jump into the topic of blogging. I can take a guess. I didn't take a look what I do. I don't learn a lot about my guests. I like to come in fresh because I bring in this curiosity for every episode. So Agent Palmer, I could be wrong, but the word agent, I'm thinking like a secret agent or some sort of like secretive thing, but I could be completely wrong. So if I am wrong, what kind of blogs do you prefer to create? I, it, <laughs> the, so I am writing about anything that moves me, really. Uh, anything that inspires me. Uh, I've I've very much tweaked it from the very beginning. At the very beginning, I was, you know, writing about things that were moving me, but I was maybe being a little more critical of the world. Not to say I'm not critical now, but I just, at a certain point, I decided I didn't want to put any more negativity in the world. And it's probably after the one negative book review I've written and published. And I don't remember when that was, but that was quite a while ago. But I decided I just wasn't going to do it anymore. I was going to save that, you know, the internet has enough negativity. I don't want to add to it. 
most of it's just things I'm interested in, things that I've consumed, things that I want to share and that I enjoyed. Uh, so it's movies, it's books, it's comics, it's sports, it's, you know, technology, it's, you know, history, it's literature, which is sometimes different from books and comic books. It's art, you know, like it's you name it, you'll find like there will be something you'll find on my site. Um, you may have to dig for it, but, you know, there's something there for everybody because I'm just I, I'm I don't like I don't like the term Renaissance man, because I think for the most part, a lot of people like a lot of different things. But, you know, there is probably something for everyone in on my blog. And, I'll you know, probably probably that, you know, the, the, the psychoanalysis is like, well, that probably goes back to like when you were in high school or in school where you would go from band to, you know, athletics to scholastics to student government and just be in a little, maybe not a permanent fixture, but like a fly on the wall in all of these different circles. And now, you know, everything's interesting in some capacity. So I write about that stuff when I get the chance. And so there's something there for everybody. You know, I of late, you know, it's been a lot of book reviews. I've had a lot more time to read than ever. And I've been reading a lot more, which is great. Um, especially com when you compare it to like the first couple of years of the blog where it was a lot more movie centric because I wasn't reading that much. So I'm trying to find a balance, but you'll always know what I've consumed at some point. And uh, especially the stuff I like because the stuff I don't just I don't give it the, the time. And speaking about consuming, what triggered your appetite for blogging as in when did you become interested in blogging and do you still either have or remember the first document you created? I'm going to get his name wrong, <laughs> but I think it's Patrick Witt. I think it's Patrick Witt. The very first blog post I wrote was about Patrick Witt. He was the Yale quarterback going into the Yale-Harvard game, which just happened. Th this guy, this kid, I'm going to call him a kid now because I'm you know, decades removed from my own collegiate experience. But this this guy was a senior at Yale and he had just gotten a Rhodes Scholarship interview, which was the same day as the game between Yale and Harvard. And he had chosen to play in the game, to play with his his teammates instead of taking the inner, you know, going to the interview for the Rhodes Scholarship. Now, that doesn't mean he passed it up and it 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 came to my attention uh, last year, 10 years on from this one blog that started it all that like you probably should have done a post like a decade on what happened to him. And I didn't do it. I missed I missed the boat. So maybe 20 years on that will be something I do. But that was the first one. And it was quite unexpected. I had made the decision that I was going to start blogging because my professional career at the time I was an interactive marketing representative for a tourism agency, and I was going to have to blog for work. And this was seven years out of college. And so that was the last time I'd done any real writing was in college for the college newspaper. And so I decided that the best way to get back into writing was to write. So I went to my boss just because, you know, I wasn't sure what I was doing yet. And it was kind of like a if I blog for myself, is that okay? And it, would you prefer that I don't use my real name? 
And, you know, I, I was allowed to use my real name if I wanted to. I just, I liked the Agent Palmer moniker. So I went with it. Um, it meant something to me and it, it still does, but it's kind of morph. And so the, the, there was a plan and it was originally just my sandbox. And it was just, okay, I'm just going to write. And this is going to be my platform for writing what I want to write instead of what I have to write for work. And by writing more, I'll get better. And then I'll write better stuff for work and better stuff for myself. And it'll just work out. And I don't know what it was. There were other things that I had planned, but that was a story that just was happening at the time. And I don't chase that kind of stuff anymore. You, you know, the most current event thing you will see from my blog now is maybe something event related. Uh, last year I wrote about my 10th anniversary and sometimes, um, if there's like a big event, uh, that I attend, uh, I'll write about that. Or if I see a movie the week it comes out, I'll write about it. But other than that, you're going to see content that I'm consuming or little stories that I'm interested in writing about that are years, decades, or thousands of years old is the case. I, um, a few years ago, I did a week of coffee and uh, started it off with a, sl a slightly abridged but still very long history of coffee. And then I did, uh, you know, other six other coffee posts to fill out the week. But that was one that, you know, stretches back thousands of years. Uh, and then there's like, you know, I, you know, I've always wanted to do to take a maybe another look at all the Marx Brothers movies I love. And those are, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old at this point. Right. So, you know, that was one that was just in the zeitgeist at the time. And it it spoke to me and I was like, what would you do? I still think I'd play the game, you know, 10 years, 11 years on from that particular post. I still think I'd play the game like he did. Um, but that's just, uh, you know, it, it was a question of the time and that's kind of all where it started was just, this is a sandbox. I need to write more and I needed to write more for myself because I'm not going to be able to just go around like writing for other people. It's possible. I want the inspiration. So that's some of the origin story there. That's a lovely origin story. And it actually leads me to ask two questions, like a two part question, because one of them you might not have an answer, but I'll ask it anyways. Has it ever happened that you wrote an article about somebody and that person saw your blog and reacted to it or reached out to you? Yes. It's more just, you know, social interaction. I learned a lot about my blog in hindsight, doing my work on the 10 year retrospective last year. And one of the things I forgot, see it when you when you have a thing that goes for 10 years, you forget things, right? Like I I know now because of the research I did that Patrick Witt was my first blog post. I know that uh, I did a series which is still ongoing because I, I've kind of fallen away from it um, on the work and life of Ralph Bakshi. So the movie Wizards, American Pop. I did a little small bio on him. Uh, when he created the um, Kickstarter for Last uh, Days of Coney Island, I covered that. I've covered all of his movies. I, I have to get back in to do his full career. I have to do some of his television works. And I, I have them. I own most of that stuff. I just have to sit down and watch it and write it and talk about it. So at the very least, the Twitter account that I believe is run by his daughter has uh, 
looked favorably and shared those posts when I posted them. But the first viral post I ever had was I wrote about the video game Quake, which I still play to this day because I I love the original. Like I the the gamer in me, while I I do play some modern stuff, I play FIFA, I play Minecraft. The the real gamer in me is stuck in like 1998 with like the original <laughs> Diablo, Quake, yeah. and Doom 3D, and Warcraft 2: Tides of Darkness. Like that, those are my jams, right? Uh, and maybe I guess you could throw in the original Civilization for good measure. But I did a a series called Retro Games Revisited where I was writing about those games uh, from back in the day, and I wrote about Quake and. ID software actually retweeted that and it blew up really? for me as probably like the first viral blog post I've ever had. And it was, you know, I was at work, you know, the, the blog has always, always been a side thing. I, I was unemployed for a very long time and I, it was always a side thing. I never thought of it as something where it was like, I want to do this for money. I wouldn't take like no for like ads or something, but I enjoy that it's mine and I, I worry about ownership when money's involved, but I'm at work <laughs> with a full-time job and my phone's blowing up because this one thing, this thing I wrote, and that was pretty special. So yeah, people notice, but you know, I would say I, I care a little less about the ID softwares of the world and the Ralph Bakshi's of the world. You know, they know their own story. I'm more curious, like, Alex, what did you think of that post, right? Like, did I, did I influence you? Like, if you follow me on Twitter, did I write a tweet that, or, or am I writing about a topic that intrigued you enough that you knew nothing about it and you still clicked on it anyway? And that you learned, you know, that, that's the audience I'm really writing for because I'm, I'm interested in expanding the reach of these things that I enjoy. Like, I enjoyed this book. And now I can't shut up about it. And my blog is a way to not shut up about it. Right. And I enjoyed this movie and I enjoyed the work of this artist. So that's kind of the, you know, yeah, some people reach out. Uh, I've had authors, especially when they're on a smaller level or an independent level, reach out to me and thank me. But for the most part, I'm trying to reach the people that don't know what they're missing. And with the internet, it's so much easier to find all this information and especially having people like yourself who are sharing a vast amount of information makes it so much easier to find. And you were talking about a throwback to the, to the video games you used to play. Now, I'm curious. I don't know if this is a thing that's common in the blogging community, but I don't know if this is a common thing or an uncommon thing for the blog post community. But have you ever, let's say seen one of your old blog posts and just did an update to it, not necessarily to that post, but redid like that blog with your mindset of today. So I guess now's the point where I tell you that I schedule out at least a quarter in advance. And, you know, usually around, usually between Thanksgiving and the new year, as early as Canadian Thanksgiving or as late as American Thanksgiving, and the new year, I will sit down for a little bit and I will go, all right, how many extra posts do I have from this year? And what is it looking like for the next year? And I will just start scheduling out stuff. I'm very OCD particular when it comes to my content. So I try as best I can not to put two book reviews back to back. 
because I want somebody looking at my most recent posts to go, oh, he's in all mediums and doing a lot of different things. I have a bunch of series. I try not to do them back to back. And since probably the la- in, in probably the last three years, I should say four or five years ago, I would get very excited when I wrote something and I would maybe put out a post on Monday and Thursday instead of my usual just Thursday. And then I stopped and I was like, no, like this will get, build in a buffer for me. So by the time October, November hits, there are po- I'm, I'm drafted far ahead. I usually re- I'm usually like the book review you read on the site yesterday is probably six or seven books removed from what I've already have written. Because when I finish a book, I write about it and then I move on to the next one. You know, movie reviews, I have those, you know, when I watch something I want to write about, I write about it and then I move on. Like, and they, those don't, you know, sometimes that's, you know, two movies in a book review in a week and, you know, I'm already drafted up the next couple. So by the time the end of the year comes around, I have a good idea of the content left over that's created that I can push forward to next year. And in, in addition to that, I have a, a, a Google sheet of, a calendar so I can just move stuff around easily and then copy it over and, you know, okay, this is the stuff I didn't use this year and it's already written. And so using that kind of schedule, I'm always looking ahead and I'm always working ahead. And sometimes I schedule myself so far ahead. I'm like, I don't like wake up in the morning and go, wait, what posted today? (laughs) Uh, Which which I've done before, but you know, this is all to say, Yes, there are some blog posts I've thought about revisiting. I haven't needed to, and I haven't made it a priority um, because I'm just, I'm not going to say I'm rolling in content, but I am ahead enough that I haven't felt the like real big inspiration urge. And that's the other thing too, is I very much write while the iron's hot. I write while I'm inspired. If I can figure out what that first line is, or maybe what I want to say, I can write I can draft the whole post and then work it through the editing process to make it readable. But one of the things I can't do is force it. One of my favorite movies is real genius. There's no movie review or commentary on real genius on agentpalmer.com because I love it and I've watched it and I've made my notes, like the quotes I would want to use. I just, There's something that keeps me from that moment of inspiration. That's like, I'm going to write about this today. And so I I don't really think back on that stuff in regards to the Patrick Witt thing. The very first, you know, maybe that was a missed opportunity for the 10 year anniversary, but there are other, there's an anniversary every year. So I can do, you know, I can do a little research and, you know, maybe he was, he's a quarterback. So maybe his number was 14. So when on my 14th year anniversary, I can look back and see where he is now, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or maybe even reach out and have him on the podcast. Who knows? Right. But um, I haven't really thought about it in that way. The only thing I've really revisited in that way is before I started the podcast, I had been doing these email Q&A interrogations, really leaning into the spy theme. And I have, uh, I think at at the moment, I've I've had one person or two people that I did interrogations on that have been on the show. And and that's kind of a revisiting because it's taking a text conversation. I mean, I asked different questions and we had a different conversation, but you know, that was something where it's like I I can do this again 
in the format it's meant to be, which was not, it's not, I'm not saying I didn't have access to the format, but I didn't, I wasn't on it myself. So the, the text interrogation, which was fun to do, those have basically been sunset. Those are probably retired, except for a very maybe specific occasion, because now I have the podcast for that. Right. And so that was a thing where maybe it was revisited. But otherwise, I've reviewed a couple movies more than once, uh, like a singular movie more than once. But I've never actually revisited something in that regard. I, it's it's never out of the conversation. I mean, everything's part of the conversation. I'm I, I'm I like to challenge myself. Last year, I should say going into the planning for last year, my main editor, uh, Chris Hughes, one of my best friends for the last two decades. Uh, was like, I'm sick of just reading your book reviews because we were coming off a year where I read a lot. And he's like, I don't want you to, I want you to make sure I, you need to stop. Uh, you, you need to slow down. You need to write something else. And book reviews only every other post maximum for the next year. And that was last year. And I was, I think there was one time I did back to back, but otherwise I was fairly successful with it. And before then it was all about varying up, right? So I might have three book reviews in a row, but it was, one was nonfiction, one was spoiler free fiction, and one was maybe a uh, biography. You know, they, they were all different. So it's not like uh, here's four Len Dayton novels in a row, but you know, it was a challenge and it was like, all right, we're going to, vary this stuff. So one of the probably one of the reasons I don't go back to that stuff is cuz I'm trying to, you know, do the gymnastics and scheduling's fun for me. Like I I don't bemoan that process, which is why I started so early. Um and it's never in stone either, which is how I end up with extra content, right? Like you know, maybe something sparks my interest or you know, a new movie comes out or I discover something new uh, or new to me, right? Uh we've all had that. And I decide I'm going to write about it. And it's like, well, I can move this, you know, because so much of my content is evergreen and I'm writing about older things or, you know, things that are new to me and old for everybody else, I guess. Everything's malleable. So that's how I end up with so much extra content at the end of the year. It's not just because I don't want to write two book reviews post. I should say, I don't want to post two book reviews back to back. But that stacks up and the movies stack up and other things stack up. And, you know, maybe I do put a priority with something or, you know, one of my biggest successes has been on the strength of some of my book reviews because they are lengthy and I'm not a book reviewer. I'd love to, you know, I've, I've reached out to some and maybe one day I'll get them on my show, but I'd love to talk to a real book reviewer. I don't know if a professional book reviewer reads the whole book, but I do. And so I think it comes through in my reviews and I, I, I've been lucky enough to be discovered by other artists who have given me either advanced copies or maybe even free copies of their book to review for them. And that's been a very big success for me. And one of the, and that's one of those instances where I will try and make sure I schedule the review as soon as I can after I publish it or, or after I finish reading it to the published date of the actual book or the release date of the book or you know, if there's an embargo, uh, you know, to when they want me to. Right. So everything's malleable. Uh, and, you know, I could wake up tomorrow and have like a maybe a YouTube video that really surprises me from the algorithm and I'll want to write about it. And then I'll be like, well, you know what, this I can put this in this week and everything else gets pushed. So it's all malleable, but it's all fun. 
I think I think I answered like fifteen different questions, and none of which. <laughs> you know um, what? No, no, you answered it perfectly, and it actually leads me to go on with that, saying the fact that you touch so many different topics, such as movies, YouTube videos, and everything else. I can imagine that if you were to just do book reviews or blogs about books, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with there's anything wrong with that, but the fact that you're doing multiple things, you can bring elements from let's say movies or YouTube videos in your mindset when reviewing or applying a um, creating a blog post for a book. So it's like it's all mix and match, which is kind of like cool and divergent thinking. And I love that. And I was just some thinking of it, some <laughs> of it is but but some of it's not because I, I I do try and review things in a vacuum as much as I can. Now, some of that's very hard to do. 98% of the fiction I review and most of the new movies I review, probably more 90% of the new movies I review are all spoiler free because I don't know. I don't want to assume everybody else has watched it. And I think my content is more consumable because you may have never heard of this book that was published in 1975. So I'm not just going to assume everybody's read it because not a lot of people read as much as I do. So I'm not going to spoil it. And uh, I try and go in knowing as little information as possible when I'm reading a book or watching a movie because I've been surprised because what I deem as spoiler free is not giving away anything that's not already on the cover. Despite the fact that there are times when I don't read the back cover and I go, that was on the back cover. That was great not to know, <laughs> right? Like, so there's these things. And the other thing is I try and review things in a vacuum. Whereas as an example, if I was going to do a review of The Empire Strikes Back, I can make an assumption that people have watched A New Hope, but I can't make an assumption you've watched every piece of Star Wars media after that. So I try and review it in the period it is. So it makes it a little bit more challenging when it comes to commentary, because I can't be like, oh, it's just like this from last year. But not everybody's seen whatever that happens to be, right? So I do have all these things, and I do try and make some comparisons. But for the most part, I try and keep it as, as simple as possible, because I have to write these things for the general audience. Otherwise, you know, I'm writing for no one. Like... I mean, we all share things like you and I may both like Star Wars and we may both like Jurassic Park and we may both and we may both like, I don't know, Aerosmith, the Tragically Hip and the Toronto Argonauts. But even in that small world, there are a ton of other things that we have never experienced because that's our bubble. And so, you know, I don't want to make those assumptions. And so keeping it as spoiler free, because it may be your first time ever hearing about this book. So I'm not going to give away the end in case I entreat, you know, entice you to read it or, you know, you do want to experience this for the first time. It, it's a, it's, you know, it's not a responsibility anybody put on myself, but I treat my audience as my friends. And when I can shut up about a book for my friends, I usually don't try and spoil it for them because I want them to read it and I want them to watch this movie without having it spoiled. So it's kind of one of those things. And it's not easy because I, I, I do kind of sometimes have to put myself in that spot. Right. Like I I did a review of the 1969 Italian job, the original Italian job starring Michael Caine. And 
I have made notes and I very much want to review the 2003 remake, which I enjoyed. It was a fun movie, not quite the same, but a fun movie. But when I'm writing about the original, I can't be like, it's just like the remake because not everybody's <laughs> seen the remake, you know, and the remake's not a classic like the original is. And, you know, you know, for the same token, I want to do a review of the original Ocean's Eleven that features the Rat Pack. It's got a different ending than the Ocean's Eleven with the, that was done in, in the early aughts with, that Soderbergh did. And so you, you have to write these things in a vacuum because not everybody's seen everything. So it's, it's hard, but it's, it's also challenging and I enjoy the challenge. Now, within this vacuum, this might be even a deeper vacuum. I don't know if you do, and I'm either, either I'm formulating this question correctly, but do you ever, let's say Star Wars A New Hope, for example, you're doing a blog post about that or a review about that, you're, are you putting yourself in the mindset of people within that time as well? How they would perceive that, for example, like, oh, during that time, this was groundbreaking like cinematic masterpiece or are you bringing your mindset of what you know now like oh yeah well there's these imperfections that that could have been corrected just by looking at that or are you kind of like a mix and match of both it it depends on what i want to focus on really and so it's hard not to talk about anything in the star wars franchise from back then and not call it groundbreaking or because it was one of the original blockbusters but at the same time it depends on what my inspiration is am i writing about a new hope because I want to do a Star Wars series and I want to write about all the cinematic releases? Or am I doing it because there's something else there? Like one of the things, one of the things that Star Wars does in for me, and I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I, I'm a big Star Wars cinematic fan. I have some arguments about some of the television stuff because, you know, it, it's hit and miss with me. But Star Wars is the reason that one of my favorite movies of all time is not very well known because Ralph Bakshi's Wizards was groundbreaking and did very well, accepting that it got bumped from theaters because of Star Wars. And there's an, uh, there's a, there's an argument to be made that Wizards could have done even better had Star in a world where Star Wars doesn't exist and doesn't kick it out of theaters. But that world is not the world we live in. So we don't know. And Star Wars and Wizards have a ton of crossovers. They were both done by Fox. Fox didn't know what they were doing with either of them. I had the, um, I had the composer, Andrew Belling, who did the score for Wizards on my podcast. And he talked about, you know, running into John Williams, who he was like, what are you doing, John? And he was like, oh, I'm doing this, this Star Wars thing, right? Like, this is... This is 75, 76, you know, the, no one knows what's about to happen. And so neither of these movies was supposed to do what they did um, or be well remembered, much less one starting an entire franchise. So, you know, you can't ignore some of that. But if you just want to review the movie, if you just want, if I just want you to watch Wizards for the first time. I don't need to tell you that Star Wars kicked it out of theaters. You know, I don't need to tell you that Andrew Belling knows John Williams. I don't need to tell you that Mark Hamill voices one of the fairies. Like none of that is relevant to me getting you to interested in watching the movie. So if I'm reviewing it to make you want to love it as much as I do, some of that stuff is ancillary. 
However, if I've already written about it, if I'm if writing about it again, or if I'm writing about it from a different perspective and it's not about a review, it's about the history of it, then absolutely. Um, I did a, a deep dive on DIC, D-I-C. It was a children's programming powerhouse when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. And I just one day I was like, whatever happened to this? Like, I remember seeing it as the tag on cartoons I was watching and it went away. And, uh, you know, we all grow up, but, you know, we all have family members that have kids or cousins or what have you. And I just never saw it. And it, it ended up becoming something else. And I wrote all about it, how it started, how it transformed, how it got big, and then how it got dissected and sold and is now cookie jar. Right. But I had an, I, I had a question and I wanted to answer it. And I shared my research basically like show your work, not just here it is, but this is what <laughs> happened. And so it all depends on where I start. And that's not always where I end up, but where I start has a lot more to do with that. Because for me, again, like strike while the iron's hot, it's all about whatever that moment of inspiration is that sets me on my path. And you definitely have to just ride that wave. And if it leads into a different direction, you know, just go with it. Is what your inspiration, your mind is leading to go with it because it's better to write something than, than work with it later on than just not write anything at all. And you were talking about Star Wars being one of your favorite franch franchises. And I have to ask this cliche question that all Star Wars fans are asked, what is the correct order to watch the movies? I know it's a little side note, but yes, what is the correct order? Oh, no, no, order? no, no, no. no. See, this, make, <laughs> this makes it easy and I can tie this back to anything you want. Because at, right now I'm reading through all of Len Dayton's novels. Okay. And I'm also reading through all of Douglas Copeland's novels. And those aren't the only two authors whose bibliographies I'm reading through, but they relate to the Star Wars question because I am reading these things as well as Terry Brooks's Shannara series, for that matter, I'm reading these things not in chronological order. I'm reading them in publish order. I'm a big fan of publish order. That's how you should read things. Because if you go back to 1977, there's only one movie for you to watch. And you have to wait until 1980 to watch another one. And then you have to wait until 1983 to watch another one, right? And there are just like I actively try to not spoil things, there are common knowledge things that end up getting into the air and getting into the water and the soil. So within Star Wars, everybody talks about the, the Vader reveal. Well, the Vader reveal doesn't exist if you watch it in chronological order because you already know who Vader is. And that's not a fault of the movie makers who made the prequel trilogy because they were creating the prequels in a world where everybody already knew who Darth Vader was, right? So for me, I'm reading through Len Dayton in chronological order. And, you know, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with his writing, so I'm reading nonfiction as well as fiction, but it all relates. And you end up going, oh, he wrote these two nonfictions and then he wrote this fiction, but th these two nonfictions kind of tied into what he wrote after and it's hard not to make those comparisons and douglas copeland is evolving as an author as i'm reading through his stuff chronologically regardless of what he's writing and that's fun to 
watch. And when you watch Star Wars in chronological order of release, you get to see the technology change, right? For better or worse, you get to see it change. And so for me, regardless of what medium or franchise it is, you consume it in the order it was released. That's that's my bottom line on. A, now, if you've already seen it and you're rewatching it, by all means, <laughs> change it up, right? Like if you really want, that's fine. But my answer is the same for the MCU. If it's your first time watching Marvel movies, you start with Iron Man. That's where you start. But if it's your second or third time, like if you're watching because another movie's coming out and you want to rewatch all of them, then by all means, change up the order. You've already seen it in the order that it was released in. But for that first time, you've never seen these before. The order it's released in will probably have the biggest impact. And that's just that's just the, a hill I will die on. You know what? That is a beautiful statement. That's a beautiful point. I've never heard that before. And it makes complete sense. And I've seen all of Star Wars. And you know what? I want to live in a little bit of neutral chaos. I'll start with episode seven, then go episode two, then episode four, then episode one, you know, just, <laughs> just makes up everything. But I'm, I'm kidding, of course not. But that is a beautiful answer. And I love that. And it kind of is like saying you start off with Iron Man episodes or the one that came out in 2008 and not Captain Marvel, which technically was in the 80s when that, well, the time period of that movie. Yes. And the same can be said for you don't start with Captain America, which starts in the 1940s. I think for a rewatch, that's perfectly fine. You know, I have no problem with that. And I'll probably do that at some point because I, I do feel like the larger, like I've revisited the Lord of the Rings, the extended editions multiple times. And I've revisited Star Wars multiple times. I've never really revisited. Now, the MCU is much larger in scale and scope. Even when you consider the length of the extended editions, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, um, there's just so much, but I've not revisited it, not to any real kind of consistent length. So it's, it's something to consider for that next time. But again, I've already consumed it in release order, right? So I've already got that under my belt. There you go. That's a beautiful belt. Wear that belt with pride. <laughs> and now for you, this is a really interesting question. I love this one. What would you, sorry, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? I wish I'd started earlier. I think it's the same for the podcast too. And there are people that wanted me to podcast for a very long time. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. But I think when you, as content creators, regardless of what content medium you choose, if you stick with it and stay long enough, you, you always look back and you go, why didn't I start this sooner? Like, why did my blog turn 10 last year? Why didn't it turn 15? Why didn't it turn 20? Like, these are the questions that I really asked. My writing style was going to change as I got older, no matter what. It had nothing to do with if I was going to write weekly, daily, monthly, you know, if I was going to change and start writing for magazines or e-newsletters or zines, that wouldn't have mattered. The biggest change is going to be I was living with my parents and then I was in my first apartment and then I bought my first house, right? Like I was single, then I wasn't, then I was, then I wasn't like these life things. I got older. I turned 30, you know, I, I turned 35. I'm almost 40, right? Like these things, especially when you're talking about a blog, 
or a podcast where, you know, the content is coming from you. Those life things, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, these things impact it more than anything else. So if you're thinking about that thing, like just do it, Um, start it today. And even if you want to just, you know, record those five things, write those 10 things and share them with a friend and not publish it, that's fine. But start today. The the worst thing that could happen is you find out you don't want to do it. And then you were worried about nothing, right? And if it's something you enjoy, just know you'll get better. It, 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 you, you know, the, the content creation space is all about learning by doing. There, there are no magical elixirs. Podcasting is the better example right now because we've seen uh, during the pandemic, we saw celebrities who were not on film sets and on television sets start their own podcasts that now don't exist because they weren't doing it because they loved it which some of them don't even do the acting because they love it, but I give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what? They tried it. It didn't work out for them, right? But that means even a celebrity who has a built-in audience, unlike me, who doesn't, created something probably at a bigger audience than I have, even with just them putting out 10 episodes and throwing it away, and they didn't stick with it. It's not all about numbers. So for me. If you can be comfortable doing it for you or an audience of one, start it today. Start it tomorrow. Don't wait. There's no reason to wait. The worst thing that you can do is, oh man, like maybe I should have done this sooner. And that's that's kind of my thought process. Like that's the one thing. Why why didn't I start this sooner? Blogging has been dead so many times since before <laughs> and after I started my blog and ne- it, it's, it's now, you know, in its 11th year. So if that tells you anything, you know, this internet thing's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's here to stay. And you're absolutely right. You have more to gain than to lose than just giving a shot. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're starting a new passion project, I would say, take your time to go at it. Don't invest all your money into it right away. Because like, say for podcasting, for example, you do not need to buy the $500 mic to start up. You can just start simple. And the same with blogging. You don't have to invest in the most luxurious website with the, all the features. Start it simple and work your way up. It's a learning process, correct? Yeah. I, the for the, for the blog, there are plenty of free platforms where you can post your words, whether it's 500 or 50,000. And those things are all easily migratable to another platform. And the same goes for podcasting, if if I'm honest. And so you just have to do it. I, I'm I'm a weird, a weird content creator in that I tell people they should blog a lot more than I tell them they should podcast. And that's because blogging's got a lower entry because I don't think I think with the tools, something like Grammarly, where even if you think your grammar's crap, AI can help it be a lot more passable. There is no AI for crappy audio. <laughs> and you have to know what you're doing. And, you know, it's, it's not the same. And it's, it's easier to follow through on a blog, I think. Having done them both, that, that's just where I think people need to be. I don't know where it's going to go. Again, 
blogging is supposed to have been dead many times since before and after I started this blog. And it still goes strong to this day. So I'm I'm all right with it. Um, and if you don't want to come into the space, that's fine. But what I have found is that both communities are open. You know, I, I, I don't think Mark Maron's going to check his email and get back to you because you had a question about recording. But Alex will. I will. And anybody will. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you with, you know, you know, tips on scheduling. I'll, I'll send you the template I use. I'm, I'm not shy about that. And, and I feel like there's an independent creator movement in general that's very helpful to everyone else. And it's exciting, right, to see new people come in because everybody's got a different perspective. And even if you're writing in the same space I am, you're not me. So we're not writing the same thing. You are on the spot. I almost feel like I'm interviewing myself because for my podcast, the same idea, I encourage people to pick up the same topic as me because in my mind, I'm not going to be able to reach everybody, no matter how hard I try. Some people might not like the way I speak. They might not like my voice or just the whole atmosphere of my podcast. But somebody else who has a podcast about interviewing people about their hobbies might be their cup of tea and might be their cup of tea. And at the end of the day, if it makes that listener happy, that's good. Like you said at the beginning of the episode, you want to put more positivity into the world. This is what I want to do. That's why I share all my tools and tips and tricks for podcasting. And I just want to encourage it. So you're the same with blogging. So I, I'm applauding you, but I don't want to sound egotistical saying I'm applauding myself, but I'm applauding you. So it doesn't sound like I'm applauding myself. <laughs> well, it, it's one of those. I feel like the one thing, if there was ever a myth out there in, in general for social media, for the web for podcasting, for blogging, for YouTube. There is no expert. That If anybody, the, the, the people that call themselves experts <laughs> are the ones to be wary of because all of these ecosystems, all of these platforms, all of these engines for creation and creativity change. And I'm not talking about the zeitgeist like, oh, black was in, now blue is in. No, the platforms change. There's no, the algorithms change, searchability changes, platforms change. Everything is always in flux. No one is ever an expert. The people you want to talk to are the people that seem too busy because they're always treading water, trying to figure out where they should be and what the next thing is. Those are the people you want to talk to. The people that are experts got good at one thing at one time and are trying to bank on that for a while. And their systems tend to be antiquated by the time they're ready to call themselves experts. So reach out to, to the independents. Reach out to people that have more than 50 episodes. You know, people that have been in the slog, whether it's been for a year or two years. You know, I'm, I'm, my podcast is every other week. My blog is every week. So, you know, I wouldn't have been in it for a year, you know, or I should say for a year, I'd have 52 blogs and 26 podcasts. But talk to me when I've got 50 of each and I, I've been in it and I can tell you the decisions I made in order to keep both afloat and both as viable options. Right. So and the busy people probably want to talk about it. They're OK sharing. And you're absolutely right. Again, I keep saying that. And for me, whenever I share information about podcasting, I'm not an expert. Do not claim to be. I share it in a way that it's here's the tools and resources I use Use it the way that you feel best suited for you. This is what worked for me, but it might not work for you. So leave that door open saying it's not a one way 
to get to where you want. There's always multiple paths you can take. I have some tools and resources. Use it the way you want to use it. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Man, I love you. <laughs> just had to say that. <laughs> Oh, the, everything you've been saying has just been on point. And it, this is actually a fantastic segue to the following question of what are some misconceptions about people who do blogging? I mean, I will say we don't all harbor secret interests in writing a novel or a book because it's the one. <laughs> and some of us don't even harbor like interests in like making money. Like I'm not I'm not doing this for the money. Uh, I, I don't even think I've ever made enough in, I don't think I've ever made any money, uh, with it really. Um, with the exception of that, like, you know, I, I've done some blogging for other people because of this. There you know, may have been one or two paid opportunities, but the biggest myth is that, you know, we're all writers. Like we are all writers, but not in the sense that like, I'm looking to cut a book deal. And it's so weird that that's the jump people make. There are a ton of analogies that make it ridiculous for like, oh, you're a blogger. What about your novel? Like, oh, you're, you know, I'm, I, in, I'm a fair weather runner. Okay. When it's 70 degrees or warmer and not raining, I will run about somewhere between a three and a 5k. It's fun. I, I do it for a little exercise. But if you think I'm going to run a marathon, you're insane. I'm not making that jump. I have no interest in making that jump. But when people go, oh, you write a couple thousand words once a week. What about putting a hundred thousand together for a book? No. First of all, one of the reasons that my blog is successful in that it still keeps going and brings joy to me is that I can write about anything and I am varied. And, you know, one of the questions you asked earlier, that I didn't get into as much, but now is the time to get into it is my blog is about everything. And I have this conversation from a podcast perspective, which is I enjoy having authors on my show. And there are people within my circle that are like, you should maybe do a spinoff and just, just have authors on, like pick a niche. Because one of the things that I tell people as the best advice I can give you when you're starting something is something I don't follow, which is pick a niche, pick a subject, pick something you're never going to get sick of. And if you do that, if you say, I love Thundercats, I'm just going to write about Thundercats. Perfect. Like that works for you. And guess what? There are people out there that will see your stuff and enjoy it. And they'll come to your site expecting Thundercats and they'll get Thundercats. Perfect. Like you've got a built-in audience. So if your success is in numbers or community, you've already got a community. But that would bore me. I love Thundercats. I wouldn't want to write about it week in and week out. I, I, I wouldn't. I like the variety. So I don't follow my own advice because to me, success is, measure, is measured in doing. And if it's measured in doing, I don't want to get bored. And I want to continue to be inspired to keep creating. And so the podcast has to be a conversation like this one with anybody, not just authors. And the blog has to be about anything, not just book reviews or movie reviews. And, you know, I challenge myself and sometimes things work and sometimes things don't, but I, I enjoy the challenge and I'm not bored. I've taken a lot of flack for this from a certain circle. I was once asked on a podcast what my greatest fear was. And I said, boredom. That's it. For me, that's the thing. I don't like it. 
And if you've listened to the Palmer Files at all, or if you listen for any length of time, I will tell the story of how I got bored when I tried to take a week off from everything, from the Agent Palmer brand, from my professional work, from everything. And three days in, I was bored out of my mind and just not happy. I don't like boredom. I like to be doing something. And it's not like an always be creating mentality, but I'm always thinking about that. And I'm always doing something. I just don't want to be bored. I deviated. No, 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 you didn't deviate at all. So for the people listening, if I am ever looking for a replacement for the host of this podcast, Jason will take my spot because he just speaks yeah. exactly what I was going to say. And you're absolutely right. If you have multiple interests, there's nothing wrong to share those multiple interests. Like for me, I love podcasting. Like the topic I chose is hobbies. I chose to speak to people from all walks of life. I didn't, I get people saying, oh, you should interview celebrities only in this and it get so many views. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about that. I really care about people who don't always get a voice to share their voice. So that's me. I've been doing it for, well, now 194 episodes. And I think I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm pretty passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, you're 194 in, you still enjoy the process, right? And I enjoy, I, I, have, a, I have a stable of editors because I'm not going to pre uh, pretend that I do the blog on my own. The podcast is me plus one guest. So even that, you know, I'm not talking to myself. I'm not having a conversation with myself there. But for the blog, I have a stable of editors. One, my buddy Chris does much more than anyone else. And I enjoy the process. I enjoy talking through it with him. Like, I'm not really sure this is the thing to do this week. Um, and brainstorming ideas for what might happen. and writing down all of those ideas because you never know when one's going to strike something. And yeah, 10 years, you know, 10 years ago when at this point I wasn't posting regularly, you know, it was, it was a newborn blog, so to speak. And it was a uh, publish as you go, you know, like, Oh, 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 I think I'm going to write about this and I'll publish it. And then, you know, you fast forward to a blog that's a year old and it was like, all right, I'm going to create a schedule. And then you fast forward to two or three years and it's like, oh, I bought a house and I haven't written in a few months. <laughs> so I'm going to do this year of content thing and challenge myself to write two blogs a week for a year. And then after that, slowly settling down into once a week and then deciding, oh, okay, like this is, I like, this is good. And occasionally peppering in an extra one and then, you know, deciding, all right, now's the time. Time, time to start a podcast. How do I do this and keep the blog? Because you can't have a conversation about one without the other, because if it wasn't for, and I think it was episode 53 of my show, I think it was episode 53 of the Palmer Files. I do a very unabridged how I got from the blog to the podcast, but they're inextricably entwined. There, there's, you can't have one without the other. And I wasn't looking to replace the blog with a podcast. So that's how I end up with continuing my publishing schedule on the blog every Thursday and releasing a podcast every two weeks on Tuesdays. Because it was important to me that A, I could still do it with a full-time job. B, I could still have some kind of a, a, a life outside of the Palmer brand. And C, that it wouldn't just completely overwhelm me. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I don't like disappointing myself, much less the people that do follow me. So every two weeks, 
you'll get a podcast on Tuesdays for me. And every Thursday, there'll be a fresh blog for you. That, that's, I, I wanted to make sure that that was doable. And you know what? Once that ends, and it's a sad way of saying this, it ends, everything ends. My podcast will end eventually. I, I can't record from the grave. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I'm not that kind of magical powers. But once it ends, it won't be kind of, it won't be a sad ending. It will kind of be like, you know what? I am proud of what I've created. It made me happen, happy in this time. And I don't regret anything. And I feel like that's the mindset you set yourself in. So it leads me to ask you, what has blogging taught you in life? It's done two things. Uh, more than anything. One, it's it's made me a more organized person because the organization that I set forth for eventually when I finally created the blog schedule and found a a system that worked was like, oh, this makes everything easier. This is why people want to be organized in other aspects of their life. I'm not OCD, completely organized everywhere, but I, I, I do make attempts to make my life easy where it can. And that also went into the podcast a bit in that, you know, I have these processes and I try and work ahead so that way I'm never up against the deadline. And by never being up against the deadline, this remains one of the joys of my life. Occasionally it happens. I have to write something for tomorrow. But it's been years since that's been the case because uh, because I've been organized and it's it's changed a lot of things and it it changes the way I approach my day job. And there are overlaps. You know, it's it's hard to ignore that the day job I have now or the jobs I do for other people are related to the sandbox that is the agent palmer brand like i i tried things on on for promoting the palmer files and i i tried things in maybe creating a certain kind of content for the blog or promoting it a certain way and so now i'm a digital marketer and um a, a strategist and and all of these things that i was able to test out and try on a small scale on my own and if you do what you love, look, there are always going to be things we do not like. And amazingly, the blog and the podcast have also taught me that being your own critic is just, you just have to let it go. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've written some things that I, I've told my editor, Chris, I don't, it's not my best. It's not that good. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with this. I don't know what you saw in it. And there have been times when I get out of the rough session, the, the, just the recording session of a podcast. And I go that that's not good. And so I, I wait a little bit longer to do the edit. And like during the edit, I'm listening back going, this isn't really that bad But in that moment, <laughs> in that moment of creation, we are absolutely our own worst enemies. And we really need to stop. I don't know how to, because I'm just going to make it easy numbers, right? Of the first 50 podcasts I published, at least one in four of them, I got out of the recording going, oh, I really hope there's something usable there. And they're all <laughs> really good. Like there's not actually anything wrong with one in four of them, right? But in that moment, you're like, oh, I don't know. And so we need to be a little more open and welcoming to ourselves. Like that's a stress I don't need to put on myself. <laughs> Why am I doing that? I, I, I can't help it, but I'm trying not to be so negative. 
And my partner, she is probably the most positive person I've one of the most positive people I've ever met. And 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 you can argue yin and yang all you want, but like I'm loud enough. I live in a small house. She can hear half of every podcast I've ever recorded. And she goes, it didn't sound that bad. And I'm like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> and then she'll listen because she's one of my biggest fans. And she goes, there was you. That was a great episode. And, and, and I want her to be honest. With me. And, you know, I have friends that are honest with me. She's honest with me. There are, but very rarely do they agree with my opinion of my own work. And those are people, if you find them, hold on to them. <laughs> Man, I honestly cannot say this enough. Everything you are saying today is things I'm reflecting on for my own stuff and agreeing with completely. Like, like during this episode right now, I am going through that mindset like, are my questions good enough? Oh, no, I'm screwing this up. And when I'm editing, I'll be like, oh, these are great questions. But then I'm going to lead to... Why do I sound like that? That sounds horrible. And then I go to my wife and I ask her, do you hear this weird sound that I only, only I can hear? Does this sound normal? She's like, Alex, yeah, it's normal. It sounds great. What are you talking about? No, but do you not hear this little particular sound between 1.0002 seconds and 1.0003 seconds? I'm like, Alex, no. And it's, I don't know if you ever get this as well, but if you create something and it's like, oh my goodness, this is a masterpiece. I love this. People will be like, it's okay. And then the things like you said, they're like, oh, you didn't think you did great. People are like, wow, this is your, some of your best work. And then you have to try to like reevaluate thinking, what? Huh? Did I, did I, okay, what, how they didn't like that one, but they like that one, but it's weird. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it might be a creator thing where people love the things that you don't love. <laughs> it's very weird. You, you choose the battles you want to fight as a creator. And some of that is something that I have written on paper all throughout my house uh, and in, in a couple places in plain sight when I can, which is perfection is the enemy of good. And that's where your battles are fought. The first 50 make it easy for me. But of the first 50, there's probably two or three where the just the audio quality, I did the best I could. And it just to me, it was subpar, but it wasn't bad. OK, one bad. But I couldn't make it great. And I could just I could still be editing those episodes, but then they'd never get hurt. This is why I have editors around me for the blog, because they will a not have, read. you know, in, in the case of a book review, they didn't read the book. So if I jump from point A to point C, they're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't understand this. And that's great to hear for a movie review where maybe they saw it. They'll go, you're focusing on something that no one like just cut the paragraph. All right. Thank you. Like, and, and you don't need that perspective all the time, but it's also the reason that I draft things and put them on a shelf for a week. And then I look at it before I send it to my editor and I record things and then I edit them and I put them on a shelf and I come back to it. It's never as bad as you remember. It might also never be as great as you remember. <laughs> yeah. But for me as a creator, personally, knowing that it's never as bad as I remember is well worth the sacrifice <laughs> of it not being as good as I remember. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it is a creation as part of your growth. You created it. That's what actually helps you grow. Like for me, before podcasting, I was a producer. I produced music. I still have, and I was a rapper as well. I still have my first song up. Is it horrible? Oh, yes. God awful. Yes, absolutely. But is it still online and people can listen to it? Absolutely. Because it's part of my growth. I'm not ashamed of it. It's what made me who I am today. 
it's I, I'm not like saying there's anything bad about it in the sense that it will jeopardize my future and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it didn't sound like what I approve of today, but it is what it is. And it's part of growth. And that's the beautiful thing about creation. It's all about growing and some things will be better than others. You can't be at going at full throttle 150% every single time you try your best. And if, like you said, for podcasting, like when you're editing or even for blogging, if things you did your best, that's good because you know what your standards are. Do what you can with what you have. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's funny too. Cause like we talked about the Patrick Witt story, uh, post I wrote the blog turned 10 last year. Go, you know, just go to the archive and type in 10, right? So go to page 10, go to page 20, go to page 30, pick random things. Like my writing's changed, but I'm still proud of hitting publish because this is the thing for all creators. And I mean this wholeheartedly, whether it's a major motion picture, network television show, a YouTube video, a podcast, or a blog post. Somebody had to hit publish. Somebody had to release it. Same with music and albums, right? And and, and putting that thing on Spotify. Somebody's got to... That takes a lot of courage. I can do a lot of writing, but if I never hit publish, no one's ever going to know. And Alex and I can talk for another 16 hours. If it's not edited <laughs> yeah. together and published, no one but us is going to know, right? And, and maybe that's enough, but maybe it's not. And that 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 publishing, that releasing it to the world is scary. It's at times frustrating, but it's also the only way you can share with the world. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, we all have family. We all have friends to, you know, whether it's three people or a hundred people and you can share it with them, but all creators, big, small, it doesn't matter. Hearing that your work art or otherwise meant something to someone else that there that's what makes the risk of hitting publish worth it yeah you'll get some criticism too but that you have to let that roll off your back because if it means something to someone beyond you that's pretty special absolutely you're absolutely right in the sense that if you don't go into it thinking you're going to please everybody you're never going to please everybody it's like opening up a restaurant not everyone is going to love your dish right? The things you cook up. But as long as one person loves it, even if it's just yourself, if you love what you created, then good on you. That's what it's all about. You created something, you put in the effort, you put in your passion, sweat, blood, blood, sweat, and tears, all that stuff, all that goodness. And then you released it and it is what it is. That's what it's all about. And speaking about releasing, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end because we're on the topic of sharing and caring. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects that you'd like to reshare with the listeners? Yeah, it's pretty much just whatever I've been writing on agentpalmer.com. You can tweet me about it or this episode at Agent Palmer on Twitter and the podcast, which you can probably listen to wherever you're listening to this, can be found thepalmerfiles.com. And I mean, I'm in email all the time. So um, theagentpalmer at gmail.com for the blog, thepalmerfiles at gmail.com for the podcast. And, um, you know, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, you, you now know where to find me. Everywhere. He's everywhere. He's right beside me right now. No, I'm kidding. But yes, I'll put all those down below. So it'll be a lot easier for people to find it. Click and just follow your journey because you sound like a very wise and passionate person. And I love these kind of guests. So I really cannot thank you. But before the show wraps up, I ask 
the hardest question of them all, the one that will either make you regret coming on this show or make you feel like an evil mastermind and ask me the weirdest question. So that question is, do you have any questions for me about blogging? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, and it, it's one of those things that you and I are simpatico here because I, I have a after credits question, which is, do you have one question for me? <laughs> we are the same person. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but there's a blog post in one of my documents that's never been published because I, 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 I talk about it often, usually not, not on mic often enough, but I talk about it often, which is I believe every podcaster should be a blogger. And I will back that up before I ask this question, but I will back that up by saying podcasters are notorious for, I should have said that, especially when you're editing. So why do you not have a platform where you can go in relation to episode 194? During the edit, I realized that I had more to say about this. Here is that. And to just put it in text form, because the thing is, everybody, everybody is like, I'm a podcaster. I, I talk into a microphone. No, you're not. And I, I personally hate the idea. I don't, I don't use hate very often, but I hate the idea <laughs> that content creator is associated only with YouTube. You and I are both creating content, whether it ends up on YouTube or not. So my question to you is, why? Are you not blogging? That is a very good question. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. There are a few factors and it may, may sound like excuses, but I do try to improve. So the first one, my podcast is, uh, it's only me that produces it. So I spend around five to 10 hours per episode to edit and uh, I only do it in the evening. So during the daytime, I work as an insurance broker. Yay, exciting. Not really. Uh, and then when I come home from work, I spend time with the family. Weekends, I kind of disconnect from the like social media altogether and just uh, spend time with the family, do some house stuff. And I would love to get into it. And then the other thing, this has been one of my biggest challenges growing up. I'm getting a lot better with it now, but I am dyslexic. And growing up in school with dyslexia has been quite the challenge. And I'm bilingual, so dyslexia in two languages is not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just that a challenge. And it, when you're a kid growing up with dyslexia, you get bullied and intimidated that you kind of want to step away. Some may say I got into podcasting because of dyslexia, so I don't have to write as much. But now that I look back at it, I am writing a lot. I wrote a lot of questions. I write the show notes. And when I was producing music, I would write lyrics. So I'd force myself to write a bunch of lyrics and some of them were never released, but it was for me a way to just express myself. And I was writing about just how I felt, who I am and other stuff like that. So I guess it was a blog that just never was released, if you can say that, but in form of a poetry. I mean, I would just argue that based on the amount of time you spend per episode, it wouldn't be a stretch to add an extra hour to every episode because you just wrote addendums in the show notes. Like you're writing the show notes, so it's there. I'm talking about the, the the ideas that pop in your head while you're editing, write them down and see what you've got when you're done. Because there will be that there will be a blog post there. See, the thing is, I I have so many questions after while I'm editing an episode, I'm like, I should have asked this. I should have the amount of questions that I have after the episode is done surpasses the questions I've asked. <laughs> so it, I could be it could actually be 
a bonus episode into a blog form and I would send it off to my guests and see how they would answer. This is probably a new idea for podcasters. If you want to create a post episode, but in blog form, I don't know I'm just coming up with ideas. I mean, so. Or I could just come <laughs> back. I mean, it's just, um, <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible because I, I want, I want to peel the curtain back a bit and say that, uh, when we were talking beforehand about, I, I asked you what hobby you wanted me to talk about. Because, you know, I have the podcast and the blog, which I treat as hobbies, but reading is a hobby. Obviously, I talked about it a lot. I, I, I play musical instruments, multiples, I guess. I mean, mainly it's just guitar now. I haven't picked up my saxophone in probably two decades, so probably won't. But, you know, there are many other hobbies, right? Like we're, I'm, I'm a fan of lots of different sports. Um, I can talk at length about any of them, right? Um, I've written about some of them, not all of them. I will get there, right? But it was just a, what would you like to talk about? Because I can easily talk about any of these. And to me, it's like, well, we can do this forever. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you mentioned that is actually something that I'm really proud about for my podcast. I've had multiple guests come back to talk about their different hobbies. And what this does, it adds a an extra layer of, wow, this is what this person is. Kind of get to know more about that person from a different perspective. Kind of saying, oh, you do blogs, but you also play musical instruments? Cool. They might not be necessarily correlated together, but it kind of helps paint a picture. And that's my whole goal with this podcast. And I've had a few bloggers on here. So the idea that I have multiple bloggers, people have different reasons why they blog. So it just brings in that different perspective and expands people's minds. So you, Jason, you've really helped. And I'm, I've been loving this conversation. I honestly have. It's been very enlightening. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that's a word. Yeah. Yeah. Dyslexia kick in pew, like that. Uh, so no, I just, <laughs> just really did enjoy this episode. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Jason, for coming on and just being yourself, being true to yourself, true to the listeners, true to your blog, true to your editors, true to everyone. Um, and if you guys want to learn more about Jason, go check him out. I'll put all the links down below. It'll be a lot easier to find. I'll make it very easy. I'll add in the show notes, which may encourage me to create a blog later on. Jason, and I might work on that, you know, a side project. We, we need more than 24 hours in a day, maybe 25. Uh, but yeah, if you'd like to show some support for me, you can go check me out on all the platforms. You can even leave reviews on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, and all the other beautiful places. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on my podcast, send me an email. I'm very approachable or reach me on social media. My email is timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And I also sell merchandise and a Patreon if you're interested, but you don't need to because you can still enjoy this podcast. It's completely free forever. Yes, I stated here forever. If I ever make it a paid podcast, slap me. Just come over. I'll give you, well, do a virtual slap. I don't know. Put a slap in a mail, like an envelope, send it over. When I like a mousetrap, I don't know. I'm overthinking. Either way, it's, <laughs> there you go. Jason <laughs> will find me. Uh, but Jason, once again, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to just come and share your passion. Well, thanks for having me. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>